It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk. Today is Monday, the 20th of December. And my awesome Tennessee co-host Brandon and I are fired up. The mess that we both bemoaned two years ago, name, image, and likeness, has finally woken up to the masses of its ugly reality, and we are here to talk about it. Good morning and good afternoon, Mr. Parks. Hey, Paul. Happy holidays to you. I've got to get you in a better mood today. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fired up. This, this, I mean, because what we thought was going to happen has happened. But we have a uh, we have a great special guest today. But before we introduce him, I want to kind of set the stage for what we're going to talk about. Uh, folks, years ago, when people like Jay Billis started bitching about players being paid, it was really kind of cute, especially coming from a dude that uh, had a quarter million dollar scholarship in his pocket from Duke. But the sanctimonious national writers started chiming in about how unfair it was that the big business of college sports did not include players. Inevitably, politicians sensing a positive polling opportunity, they pushed it, and we got NIL way before any school was ready for it. And it's not the same NIL rules in every state. It's not even the same at schools within the same state. But the Wild West of NIL was here. There are kind of two roads that NIL is traveling on. The idea that all of these short-sighted folks were espousing, even Brandon and I could eventually live with, was road number one. This was when the star wide out going to his local Papa Murphy's pizza franchise and signing autographs. He follows the brand on social and he simply hopes more people come to the store. Well, the market would dictate success here. If that worked, the thousand dollars that that young wide out got paid would be worth it and be done again. If it didn't work and people didn't show up at Papa Murphy's, well, then they won't use them. Basic marketing and basic market correction. It's road number two of NIL that Brandon and I both feared two years ago, and that road is like a Mad Max backdrop. It is the concept of simply collecting money from boosters that used to be under the table and legally just paying kids now to come to campus, a recruiting bidding war. And to help us talk about all this that's on road number two in Thunderdome is our very special guest, Austin Price. Austin works for the National Rivals Network covering recruiting. He is a color analyst for televised high school games all across Tennessee and hosts his own radio show about all things college and high school. Welcome, Mr. Price. How are we doing, guys? We're good, man. So, so Austin, talking about this second world, and we can talk about the first one a little bit, but that's probably more Brandon and I's ballywick to bitch about. Talking about the second world, is there a way to control the mess that we're in right now with this wild west of a recruiting bidding war? Well, I think, you know, both roads are still viable. I mean, I think what, what you just described, you're seeing some kids that have been on campus before NIL became legal, and they are getting the, the, the mom and pop deals, as I call them, you know, from the local, you know, dry cleaners or whatever. And uh, they're, they're still getting those. But then there is that second avenue. And I think that's happening across college football because for years, kids were, you know, getting paid under the table and everybody just turned their turned their head to it and now it, it's pseudo legal so now everybody's doing it and so it, it, it they're doing it through different through different avenues some are still doing it the old school way i believe <laughs> just just based off people i talk to and then others are using uh, marketing agencies to pitch their nil um you know and and so it, it's the uh it's the land of gray you know, and it's no longer black and white. We live in a completely gray world, and that's uh, and that's where we're at. Yeah. 
So, so Austin, how, how organized are some schools versus others? Cause it certainly feels like it's going to create a world of haves and have nots. Well, Brandon, what we're going to see here is over the next year, it's all going to kind of, you got a sifter and you're sifting through everything and it's all going to settle to the bottom. Everybody's going to figure it, get, get a play, get a game plan. I think some of them were caught off guard by how quick people pivoted. Some schools were ready. Some schools were not. Um, and, and so like, that's why I think some of the schools that weren't ready are just kind of going about things the old school way. <laughs> like it's just kind of, you know, I, I, as I had one, uh, one person tell me, they had a parent tell them, you know, there was one school that walked in and, and met with a pr- prospective student athlete put a blank white piece of paper on the, on the table and said, Hey, just write down the number. It'll take to get it done. <laughs> like that's the old school way. That's the right. old school way. You know, when, when coaches like, when coaches like Lane Kiffin are, are bemoaning the fact that he can't do what other schools are doing though, you've got to know that there's some issues out there. Right. I mean, when, because it's not, I mean, you're right, Austin. I mean, it is gray. Everything is gray, but every school and every state has so many different rules that that level of gray, that's, I guess my point is, when do you think it will get to a spot where even let's say that, you know, obviously Georgia and Alabama have it figured out, right? Those states are going to do whatever the head coaches in those states want them to do. And so they're going to have those rules set up so those schools can have immediate success with unlimited funds. That can't be for everybody. Not every state is built that way. I can't imagine Big Ten schools and Pac-12 schools are ever going to have unlimited funds and offer to go down that road. It just, it'll, it'll blow up. That's why I'm saying, do you think it, you think there'll, there'll be some sameness, which is a terrible time for this to happen because we have no NCAA. We have conference commissioners that are basically making decisions. Yeah, it, it's not. I think in the current form, it's not sustainable. Like it, it, it's 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 something you're going to see. They'll they'll do it for a, a, a period of time, and then what's going to happen? As as you talked about boosters and guys that are like donating to collectives and stuff across college football, we saw the the Texas group that put out that they got ten million dollars of promises well I, that's like my prom that's like my my church deciding hey we need a new youth building hey what's everybody willing to give well and they write down well i'll give you know 750 bucks well until they actually give it all that is is a promise to give 750 dollars and so um I, I think what's gonna happen though with all these boosters that are giving money across college football the first few times that they give something and you know and, and again they've you know, done this for years, just under the table, but like now it becomes more real because people are needing more money. Like, I think it's costing way more money now to, to, to land a kid than, you know, um, it ever has before. Right. And so like, I think what happens is, is like boosters become more skeptical. I'll just throw my money out the window going down the road or I'll burn it. Right. <laughs> like that kid was terrible. You know, I mean, like, <laughs> so I mean, like, it's one of those things where I think that, you know, you're going to see it, it kind of sift out and you'll see it settle. You'll see how everything else, you know, kind of evolves around it. And again, what it was like July one versus what it was like October one versus what it'll be like December or uh, January one of 2022 are all, all different things. <laughs> well, so you're talking about market correction within NIL without any congressional or state legislative. It's you think it's just going to settle out as boosters get upset with not getting And Brandon and I were talking yesterday about the other piece of this is what happens when player A, who was promised, you know, $250,000 to come to, uh, to come to Georgia, 
and he's behind nine guys in his position group, and he comes to the locker room, and the guys that are starting and juniors and seniors that didn't get this over-the-table legal payout are looking at this little punk and saying, hey, you're buying dinner for the next 27 months. Yeah, I think that's a real issue for the at least the short term. Three years from now, everybody that on your team basically will have went through um, – you know, what everybody's going through now, and it won't be a thing. But right now, I mean, like, there will be plenty of kids across college campuses that have made big plays in the SEC or Big 12 or ACC or whatever, scored touchdowns in those leagues, have helped get big wins, and they'll have the mom-and-pop deals. And these young kids coming out of high school, you know, who just kind of happen to come along at the right time will have way more, and that could become a real issue with team chemistry, with how things play out. Um, you know, in the locker room. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's something that all college coaches in every sport, uh, because, I mean, you know, hey, even at the smallest sports, you know, there's going to be, you know, a kid or two that ends up getting the right kind of deal that's better than, you know, what some older guys have. And so we'll be interested to kind of see how, like, the chemistry works across college football the next couple of years. Hey, and Austin, forever – the schools have been in an arms race to upgrade facilities and offer these incredible living experiences for the four years that they're in school. Knowing that there's not an infinite amount of money out there, does this in some ways pit an athletics department against itself internally? If they're trying to raise funds to continue the modernization of a football complex, but we're also trying to raise funds to be able to land a quarterback uh, we're also trying to sell suites at the football stadium. I mean, there's only so much money that goes around so and, and schools don't have an infinite amount of boosters who can all fill all of those needs. Does that create a problem internally? Great question, Brandon. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, I think that, you know, Brandon, I mean, you know, you sell for the Vol Network. I mean, like, you know, if you're a local company in town and, and you know, somebody says, hey, you know, would you like to do some NIL stuff? And they say, well, we do stuff with the Vol Network. Well, that's two different entities, you right. know? So, I mean, like, I, I think, I think you know, there, there could be a divide in what you're saying. There could be a divide in, like, somebody's, you know, deciding to spend, you know, amount of money with you versus amount of money on, you know, Tennessee's NIL fund. I mean, I, I think that there's a divide there, period, because you're right. There's only so much money to go around. Like, I know everybody thinks, oh, we'll just – back up the Brinks truck, we'll go get this coach or that coach or, or now it's players, you know, it just don't work that way. Like, what is the value? You know, who sets the value? Like I, I had this talk yeah. with, uh, you know, a kid that's on Tennessee's roster, you know, um, about, you know, the potential of going pro. And I said, how do you, how do you determine, how do you determine what, you know, your value is? Because I mean, like, you know, what you think it is, what Tennessee thinks it is, what a fan base thinks it is, or what a corporation that's willing to, you know, let you become their, their, you know, lead, uh, lead spokesman thinks it is could be four different things. That's right. And, and right. you know I what, mean, Austin, I mean, that, that's, but that's, you know, what's beautiful is that that's the difference between road number one and road number two road number one, which we talked about, that's market correction. That is easy. You know, for instance, Spencer Rattler comes out of the box, gets all these deals, gets a car deal, gets another car deal, gets money. He in five games in, it's going to slowly, those deals go away. Those dealerships are not going to do the deal next year with Caleb Williams. I can guarantee it because they got burned once. They're probably not going to do it again. DJ Lungale does a deal with Dr. Pepper. That spot stopped running in week five. 
okay? It's market correction. That is pure marketing. And so anyone out there that does a deal and realizes that didn't work for them, the next year won't. What I'm concerned about, and to your point, Brandon, is that road number two, when does that get corrected? Because it is out of control right now. And I hope you're right, Austin. I hope it does self-correct itself maybe in two or three years based on the fact that this is just not worth it. Or maybe we can't compete anymore and I give up. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, you know, Brandon being here in Knoxville, you know, the little Coke, the little local co uh, company that's done this cookie deal with Alante Taylor, they've got more bang for their buck than they could have ever imagined. And I can't imagine that they paid Alante a great amount of money, but they've they've gotten so much play out of this through local media, through national media, you know, because Alante just happened to make a few plays at the right time. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, if you're a business like you could spend a lot of money and get no return, or you could spend a little bit of money and get a lot of return, depending on just kind of how things shake out and how things hit at the right time. You know, timing is everything in life. And especially with this NIL stuff, I think with the right player, the right time, you know, you could really go bang or bust depending on, you know, the deal you make and then who you make it with. All right, and Austin and I, being in Knoxville, have spoke at length, really at nauseum about this topic. So Alante is a great example. In the NIL world, he owns his own personal name, image, and likeness. But he has a relationship with a cookie company who has gone into a gray area where they're using a trigger promotion to activate his NIL. Well, in my, in my, from my perspective, that trigger promotion is the intellectual property rights of the University of Tennessee. And then that is rights of the Vol Network to be able to go out and market to companies who, who want to be involved with athletics directly, be able to use our official marks, be able to have a trigger promotion around football. Right. So if that, if Alante is permitted to do that in his, in, in his NIL, then it devalues the sponsorships and relationships we have in place, which are commanding much, much higher dollars than that. Wow. And, that is a, that's great. Wow. And, and Paul, there is a real talk about the athletics department internally. And I totally get this part of it. And, and Austin and I can agree on this as he smiles at me. Hey, um, hey Paul, Brandon just likes to say intellectual property rights because it makes him sound intellectual. But with, with so the accent, it, it doesn't. It, go ahead. <laughs> so internally, if you're the football coach, I totally get it. You're trying to help your student athlete create some incremental revenue. I totally get it. But on the other side, if you're in the marketing office and you're working directly with us on sponsorship, you've got six significant six-figure investments at risk that you may lose, which the university, the athletics department budget benefits from because we're permitting someone to come in the back door and let's say Elante's getting $2,500 from the cookie company. That's the greatest deal ever for them. Just like uh, Austin said, they got I, this home run promotion. That is a line in the sand that can't be crossed. I'm with you, Brandon. You can't let a, a student athlete have a trigger promotion that triggers on his own and gets money for him. That's crazy. I, I, before we leave NIL, Austin, I have one more question because I simply, I don't know the answer to this question. It, it, Brandon and I understand the corporate marketing world um, as well as we can in our limited capacity. But this collective situation, I don't understand. And I hope maybe you can answer it. And every 
university is doing something like this that's in this NIL world. They go out and, like you said, they collect millions of dollars in a separate fund. It is not the university. The university can't give it away. It's this collective, this separate NIL fund. So all these people, let's assume that, that only some of them have legitimate businesses. The rest of them are just rich people that have, maybe they've inherited. Maybe they're in their seventies. Maybe they're stopped working. Doesn't matter. All this money comes into this fund, goes to a player. What does that player, what is that player expected to do? What is that student athlete expected to do to justify a payment from a collective type fund? Do you have any idea? <laughs> Whatever the collective determines it is, it could be a something that's, you know, signing memorabilia. It could be uh, social media promotions of, uh, of you know, a, a corporation or business. It could be um, a trading card deal. It could be, um, you know, appearances, you know, at, a, at, at certain events um, for, for certain local businesses or statewide businesses. It could be a, a lot of different things, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think there's, I don't, a lot of times I think this is going to be set up to where there's no set locked in deal unless, you know, they have a, um, a specific business um, in mind that wants to, you know, be a part of a certain prospect or player. And that, that's right. I guess that, that makes sense, right, Brandon? I mean, if, if, if I'm giving money and I represent a business and that player does something for my business, I get it. But that's not the majority of people who are giving here. The answer is they're really not expecting anything. They just want that player to come to the school and play. And that's where it is just a chocolate mess because I get a $200,000 check to come play for the University of Alabama. And the only thing I'm expected to do is play for the University of Alabama. That, has, that is not what NIL was created for, designed for. And that's why the recruiting thing to me is a disaster. Well, how do how do they put the tooth? How do they put the toothpaste back in the tube at this point? You know, I mean, like, I think the best point that was made on this on 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 this by you guys was um, um, the when when you go back and you say no one was prepared. Like everybody knew it was coming, but no one quite knew what it was going to look like. No one was truly prepared. Like there should have been like a soft rollout of this thing, but instead, <laughs> as every there, 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 there was, you know, everybody talked about it, everybody knew it was coming, and then just boom, you know, and, and it just smacked everybody in the face. And, and then all of a sudden, it did kind of make it uh, legal to go, to go into the recruiting world of, of, of this type of stuff. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I hear stories all the time, and I've, I've, you know, you're never like the Travis Hunter thing is a perfect example of it. Like, no one knows exactly that? what that deal was. I don't think I've Travis heard of Travis Hunter, huh. number one player in the country. No, I'm, just, I'm, 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 mess, I'm messing with you. I'm a Seminole. Oh, no. um, okay, gotcha. So, um, <laughs> but my point being is like, you know, no one's ever going to truly know what that deal is. You know, is it a million? Is it three million? You know, everybody speculates. Well, now it doesn't like, exist, can't... Austin. It, that, that deal apparently was never offered, never signed, and didn't exist. So we'll, we'll never know, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you know. Brandon, I want to see. I want to see if you and Kirby had that conversation about the soft rollout. Did you? Did you guys sit down? You and Kirby and Nick have a little three-way where you talk about the soft rollout of an IL. <laughs> Somehow, I got left out of that conversation. <laughs> hey, and so I, I think Paul's headed here next. But Austin, in addition to this internal struggle of raising funds, selling tickets, selling premium seating, uh, upgrading facilities and creating IL baskets. The other thing that's exploded this year, specifically 20% of the division one football coaches have changed over this year at the head coach position. And we've yep. seen salaries go through the roof. 
does that also create another bubble or pressure point internally? Because if you're an athletics director, in addition to doing all the things we just talked about, you're looking at having to pay your head football coach a million, two million, three million dollars more a year to feed this giant that feels like it's out of control. Oh, I mean, look, look, look at where Philip Fulmer was getting paid in 2007, 2008, you know, as the head coach here, one of the top paid coaches in the country. And now what coaches are making? It's just silly. I mean, like you're, you know, Josh Heibel's making what, four million a year. And that's like, you know, bottom half of the league. I mean, right. Hugh, Free, Hugh Freeze makes $4 million a year at Liberty, at Liberty. Yeah. You know I mean? So, like, that's where it's hard for, you know, um, that, that's where it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube, hard to go in reverse because, you know, all these kids go, man, our coach just left us in the middle of the night for a few more million dollars and da-da-da-da-da. And, like, don't talk to me about, you know, us making, a, you know, a little bit of a pocket change, you know. And, again, the current kids on your roster aren't making what you, the things you guys have been talking about, like the, the right. so-called Travis Hunter deal or any of that stuff. Like the Bryce Youngs, DJ Ugalele, um, you know, Spencer Rattler, all those deals, we're talk- those were a handful of guys at what position? Quarterback. Quarterback. And – and those guys are few and far between compared to the most common uh, college athletes who are making, you know, maybe they've made, I would say most have made less than $3,000 since this went into, into, into effect, you know, July 1. I, I think right. you know, your average it, deal is $1,200 nationwide. Yeah. Oh, and, and, again, one, and, and again, how many of those deals are, are the common player getting? That's why I always talk about the common fan. You know, right. like the question is my, my dad's the common fan. He doesn't keep up with it every day. He, he you know, he's always three stories behind, you know, when he, you know, when he ta- asks me questions on things. And, um, you know, that's the common fan. The, my, the common fan was my grandmother who last year when Jeremy Pruitt was three and seven said – you know, he just seems like such a nice man. Like she didn't care if Tennessee was three and seven. Like that's the common fan. The extremists are the ones that are calling for firings to back the brink struck up to pay, you know, recruit X, you know, whatever he wants, you know, the, the common fan, the common player, they're not getting the extremes. They're no, getting this kind of, well, and, and to your point, I mean, Coach Kelly, uh, that extra $4 million enabled him to take an overnight Rosetta Stone course on uh, Cajun accent, which was really important. Right. So, I mean, that was <laughs> – he did a nice job with that. I, I think – here's what the thing about Coach Kelly that kind of was amazing. Not that he left in the middle of the night to go to Louisiana because, you know, we're not uh, – it is what it is. What's amazing to me is that it seems like it should be a young man's game right now because I think there's a reason that Krzyzewski is going away. I think there's a reason these older coaches are going away because the transfer portal and NIL is no fun. That is no bueno. When you've been a coach in this, in this world, college basketball, football, baseball, and you've been doing this for 20, 30 years, and you've been used to kids doing things a certain way, it is not fun to deal with this new world. And it seems like a young man's world, which I think no. that's going ex- to, that's going to exacerbate the, the carousel it, it is of itself. It, 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 it is adapt or die. And, and on the football field, Nick Saban learned that very quickly. He adapted his offense. If Georgia doesn't win the national title this year, Kirby, I think will have to be forced to adapt because he still plays ball like it's 2012 in the NIL transfer portal space. 
if you're a coach and you're fighting this and you're belly aching about it like Dabo Sweeney, you're going to get engulfed in that wave and 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 get taken under by the undertow. You you better. I'm not saying you got to, you know, go crazy, but you can't, you know, you know, turn your you know, turn your, turn your face away from it. You really have to, to me, like uh, embrace it. And even a guy like Brandon, you know, I, and I'm, I've constantly told him, I'm like, this is the way you have to adapt. Like it, it is what it is. And until it changes, you've got to adapt. Like you don't, you can't fight it. Like you can fight it, but all you're going to do is be spinning your wheels. Like, and that, that, that's kind of been my, my common thing to him as, as my friend, because I'm like, you know, I get your world is more difficult now. It is more of a challenge now. But like it is what it is. Like you know, my world in covering recruiting changes and adapts with every with this transfer portal. Because guess what? Every fan that I deal with on my website, any guy that was a four star, don't matter if he's got three catches for nine yards in three years at a school, he was a former four star in 2018. And right. as soon as he goes in the portal, the fan goes, hey, "Is Tessie going after blank? He was a former four star." I mean, like, <laughs> like he's got three catches for nine yards. Like, obviously, he wasn't a four-star. At Troy. And and so, in my world, you have to adapt in these things, and you just have to understand, like, you're going to get these questions where, like, you just want to bang your head against the wall, but it is what it is. And so, it's it's a different kind of adapt, but it's still adapting. And so, I think these coaches have to adapt uh, to the NIL. And, look, these players, they hold all the power. To me, more so with the transfer portal than than the NIL because – you know, you kind of help determine your value with the NIL. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not playing and you're not worth and, and you haven't really done anything, going and going, hey, I'm gonna go in the transfer portal if you don't get an NIL deal. Coaches yeah. will go, okay, good. Yeah. You know, now the portal though, on the other hand, if you're a pretty good player, you can kind of, you can kind of hold, you know, schools, you know, feet to the fire a little bit, you know, and I think that's what a lot of these recruits are gonna do. There's a couple that I've seen in this class that have been all about the drama that I, I, I've told a few people that I know, I'm like, that player a year from now will go to school X and say, if I don't get more, I'm going in the portal. And that school will have to determine, is he worth it? Or do we let him go to the portal and all the stuff we did for him on the front end goes for nothing? Cause that's exactly where this is headed. You're probably right. Right. And, 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 I, that, and that's not, that's not sustainable long-term. No, no, it's not. And as well, the, the sport will not sustain it, which is what I'm worried about and what you're worried about and what we're all worried about is that this is this is going to go south. But we are gonna, we're out of time, kids. So, Austin, you are awesome. Thank you so much for uh, making time for us today. Uh, have a wonderful holiday. Brandon, I love you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful holiday, guys. Thank you very much. That's another edition of Knox Talk on behalf of Brandon Parks, the wonderful Austin Price. I'm Paul Sickman from Knox Sports. Thank you, everybody. Good night.